your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 19th, 2021. Your boy Q here, ready to finish off this week really strong with you and head into the weekend and prepare for the Raiders and the Bengals week 11 action at Allegiant Stadium. On top, I'd like to thank everyone for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, the Locked On Raiders podcast is free and available on all platforms. Again, I cannot thank you enough for the support of the show that you've had, not only this year, but every year since I've uh, taking over this show uh, back in 2018. Everyone who's been around from my guy Tom, who was the very first caller on the show, to my man Raider Al in Georgia, most known unknown, uh, my man Rob, Anna, Selena and the OC. I mean, all the OGs, PE in North Carolina. I mean, I can go on and on and on about a bunch of folks. Uh, Mikey the Barber, Mario in Tucson, all my uh, OG cats, you know, just really got to show a lot of respect to all the folks that have really supported this show. And I'll tell you, man, this thing has grown so much in such a short amount of time when I first started back in 2018 all I was hoping for was about I don't know 30,000 downloads a month that's all I was really hoping for maybe two to three thousand downloads a show and thought okay that was a pretty productive uh you know a productive show and a productive month now Raider Nation it's up to over you know 150 160,000 a month and I'll tell you as of right now we are over two million downloads for the year. That's right. Over 2 million downloads. That is a record for this show. It's incredible and it's an incredible testament to Raider Nation and all the support you've had of the show and and telling a lot of friends about the show and just turning them on to it. So I really cannot begin to thank you for as much as uh, support as you've had of the Locked On Raiders podcast. So thank you, thank you, and thank you some more. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. I know we didn't have any on Thursday, but we had a very in-depth detail of uh, the, the Cincinnati Bengals. James Rapine, host of Locked On Bengals, joined the show to talk all things Bengals and just give us a great preview of what to expect Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. So I thought that, that was a heck of a show. Hopefully you enjoyed that as well, but we'll get back to calls and texts coming up in segment number three of today's show. Segment number two, want to give you my keys to victory for the silver and black. They're riding a two-game losing streak. The Bengals are riding a two-game losing streak. Who's going to snap it? Well, we won't know until the game happens and we see it unfold on that field there at Allegiant Stadium, but I'll tell you this. I'll give you the keys. I'll give you the, the, the points I think that the Raiders need to go ahead and focus in on to come away with the victory and improve to 6-4 and four on the season and snap that two-game losing streak. We'll do that in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as I always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And off top, the Raiders made another roster move, actually a couple of roster moves. On Thursday, they signed former Jaguars and Chargers wide receiver Tyron Johnson to their practice squad, and he's going to get a chance to get called up pretty quickly. According to sources, that was from Ian Rappaport. He put that out uh, early on Thursday, and then the Raiders put out a tweet themselves saying we've signed wide receiver Tyron Johnson to the practice squad. He's an undrafted free agent from Oklahoma State in 2019. He's had quick moments with uh, the Texans, Bills, and Panthers all in their practice squad or offseason. And then as far as regular season goes, he did play with the Chargers from 2019 to 2020 and a little bit of the Jaguars in 2021. 
22 career catches, 414 career yards, and three total touchdowns. Again, according to sources, what Ian Rappaport is saying, he's going to have an opportunity to, to get called up from the practice squad to the active roster sooner rather than later. So something to pay attention to there. And of course, they had to make a corresponding move. So they released wide receiver Marcel Aitman from the practice squad, a guy who's always being released, always signed back to the practice squad. He's just not a guy that's going to cut it, but he's a very familiar guy. So whenever they need somebody in a pinch, they call him Marcel Aitman. So uh, the forever Raider, Marcel Aitman has been released from the practice squad, at least for now. Also wanted to go over the injury report from Thursday for both the Raiders and the Bengals. As far as guys that did not participate, they had four of them, five of them, excuse me, on uh, on Wednesday. On Thursday, they only had three. Uh, one was Alec Ingold. Again, he's still showing up on the injury report, but we know he's out for the season. So him not participating, not a surprise. Nick Kwiatkowski, ankle injury, did not participate. And cornerback Keyshawn Nixon is dealing with the ankle and foot injury. He did not participate either. So both of those guys uh, did not participate at all on Thursday. We'll see what they do later on today. As far as guys that were limited, Brandon Faison, finger hamstring. He was full on Wednesday and limited on Thursday. So that's something to pay attention to. Jalen Richard dealing with a rib injury, didn't participate on Wednesday limited on Thursday. Amik Robertson, another guy that was limited on Thursday. He's dealing with the hip injury. He didn't participate on Wednesday either. And then wide receiver Dylan Stoner, who's got an Achilles injury, was not listed on Wednesday, participated in full on Thursday. So something happened between practice on Wednesday and uh, Thursday, and he had to show up on the injury report, but he practiced in full. Uh, defensive end Unique Ngakwe, he's dealing with the back injury. He was full on Wednesday, full on Thursday. Have no doubt about him. He'll be good to go. So uh, not a bad injury report as far as I'm concerned for the silver and black. For the Cincinnati Bengals, it got extended a little bit, but not really. Uh, Tyler Shelvin, the defensive tackle, knee injury, did not participate on Wednesday or Thursday. He's not playing on Sunday. Not a big deal. He's played about four snaps all all season long. Center Trey Hopkins dealing with that knee injury. He's limited. He will play on Sunday, but he's just coming back from ACL tear, so he's just kind of not himself yet. Wide receiver Auden Tate, thigh injury, is limited on Wednesday, full participant on Thursday. And linebacker Marcus Bailey, uh, not injury-related, was not listed on Wednesday, was a full participant on Thursday. So uh, not an injury, but something that they decided that they needed to list on the injury report. So a uh, pretty clean injury report as far as I'm concerned for Thursday for both teams. And finally, I wanted to let you hear a little bit of the media session that the Raiders had on Thursday. Defensive coordinator Gus Bradley talked to the media. Offensive coordinator Greg Olson talked to the media. Tight end Darren Waller talked to the media. And running back Josh Jacobs. And I'm just going to give you some sound from Josh Jacobs. He's a guy that doesn't talk a whole lot. I mean, when he talks to the media, his answers are usually pretty short. But I always find it pretty interesting what he has to say. So I'm just going to go ahead and play a couple sound bites from Josh. And so one of the first questions, and I want you to hear how he starts to respond or how he does respond to this question. But right at the very beginning, I believe Tashawn Reed asked him this question. How does this year's team stop from having that second half collapse like the previous two seasons? Now listen to the beginning of the answer and listen to it good. That's a great question. <laughs> uh, in my opinion, just, just getting back to the basics um, as a team, like just working on the fundamentals. Um, try, everybody's trying to get their legs back under them and, and, and things like that. Um, and just kind of try to come out and re revamp ourselves and put our brand of football out there. Um, I think that's kind of the thing that I was echoing the most last last game, like just be who we think we are. 
um, to the team. So that's probably just the biggest thing. So I'm not going to lie to you, Raider Nation. That big sigh that he had at the beginning, that big breath that he took, and then that's a good question. That that response, that I don't want to say it had me nervous, but that just let me know that, you know, everyone in that locker room is not 100% confident that they won't have that second half collapse, you know. And, and it really, that answer, especially the beginning of it, told me all I needed to know. Now, Vinny Bonsignor, he, he doubled down on that and just asked how confident Josh Jacobs feels in the fact that nobody's checked out because he's a guy that has called people out, not necessarily by name, but has said, hey, there's guys that have checked out. There's guys that have quit on the team. And so was he at least really confident that there was nobody in that locker room that was complacent and nobody that had quit on the team? Yeah, that's the that's probably the the best thing I've seen this year on our team is guys still coming in to work every day. I mean, guys still trying to get better. Um, nobody's really complacent on the team. I mean, like you, you go out there and see the defense work, they still flying around to the ball and things like that. Um, so, yeah, you, uh, just to have that type of mentality is, is the biggest difference between any other team I've been on. So there's that. You know, it sounds like everyone is still fired up. Everyone still wants to go out there and accomplish the goals that they set at the beginning of the season. Obviously, they got to go find a way to do it, you know, but it doesn't sound like anyone, at least in his opinion, has quit on the team, which, uh, again, that's not been the case the past couple seasons. There's been people that he said, again, not by name, but he said as far as, hey, they're not all the way in. So uh, one question he was asked was about the mentality in the locker room and if the message this week is just basically just stop the bleeding. Yeah, it's just kind of like, yeah, from that standpoint, and not only that, just refocus. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, just like mentally just refocus on on the task of what we came in this season wanting to do um, and, and try to come out there and just put that stamp on on the game. Um, and it, from, from, from us, like just coming in and just dominating, especially as an offense, just do what we do, stay on schedule, um, try to make explosive plays and things like that. Um, so that's that's been the thing we try to get back to this week. Stop the bleeding, stop the bleeding, stop the bleeding. <laughs> that's basically what it is, you know. Just get back to doing what they do and, and, and focus in in a major way this week, and they do. They need to come away with the victory. I mean, they're, they've dropped two straight. They're sitting there at 5-4. and four. They need this game on Sunday for themselves just so they know that, hey, they still are on track to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Now, got a couple more for you real quick. Josh Jacobs, he hasn't had a lot of carries. He hasn't had a lot of yards this year uh, he's missed a couple games already due to injury so how does he feel right now health wise and also about his carries that he's not getting throughout the game because he's getting less carries so how does he feel about that as well um, I don't really think about it honestly I mean and I, like I said these last probably what four or five weeks my body's felt great so I really like not can't really complain um so I mean obviously at certain times of the game I feel like um pivotal points that I feel like I should you know what I'm saying contribute but like I said, just as long as the outcome is what we want it to be and or somebody else is stepping up and making a big play, I don't really have a problem. But like when we kind of like stagnated and nobody's making a play, that's when I'm like, all right, let's get some type of juice going or some type of some type of, you know, what I'm saying energy. But I really don't care too much about it. And I want to play that soundbite just because of what he said at the end. Like, hey, I don't really care about how many carries I get. You know, just want the results to be a win for the team. But I like how he said now if, you know, they're getting stagnant, they're not making plays, he wants to be the guy to step up and say, hey, let, let's get things going. We need some juice. And he wants to be that guy that they turn to. Now, they don't always do that, obviously, but I like the fact that he wants to be in that moment. I think that that shows leadership, it shows maturity, and it shows about a guy who's hungry to win games. And so that I can really respect. Jacobs is 
not had the season that anybody wanted, including himself. But just to know he's got that hunger, I can appreciate that. And the final soundbite, this one is a really good one. And as you notice, Josh Jacobs' answers are never more than about 30 seconds. And that's a long answer for Josh Jacobs. He just doesn't, you know, give real long, detailed answers. But this final question was about the emotions of all the off-field issues. Uh, obviously, John Gruden, obviously Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, all those situations going on surrounding the Raiders and how he's dealing with it. And then you'll hear a little bit of a follow-up from Vinny Bonsignor, a quick question, and then he's going to answer that as well. So here's Josh Jacobs on the emotions of the off-field issues surrounding the Raiders, how he's dealing with it. Uh, I mean, I feel like for me, for me, it's been a lot harder. Um, um, just with the situations that have come, like even with, with Gru and with, with – uh, Henry, um, just because I, I love them dudes, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, with Henry especially, like, just seeing him, like, everything around that whole week reminded me of him. Um, he's right next to me in stretch when we go off for offense and we go to defense. Like, he he's right ne- there next to me. And, I mean, I've spent, what, the last five, five years with him, you know what I'm saying? So, I definitely had a deeper uh, – emotional standpoint from um with that and um man I mean it made it it made coming to practice weird it made being around people a little weird for me um but I mean I've sat down and I've talked to him and um man I told him I'm like yeah he he, he gave me some encouraging words which is crazy he was just telling me like you know what I'm saying you still got to do what you got to do and things like that so I mean I try to come out that next game um, in New York and and play you know what I'm saying and that was kind of my thing like I kind of got emotional before the game, um, but once I stepped on the field that day, I was just like, I'm going to put it out on the line. Um, and it was probably one of my best games this year. So, yeah, just try to come back to that, get to back to the to, to football and then get back to the love of the game and just have fun with it, you know what I'm saying? Have you been able to talk to him? And- yeah, yeah, I actually I actually been over there a couple times um, to his house and talked to him and talked to his family. Um, I kept in contact with all of them throughout the whole process. Um, like I said, man, I know his whole family. I know his mentor. I know everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been knowing everybody. So, yeah, it was definitely emotional for me. So that was a hell of an answer right there from Josh Jacobs. And so if you think that everything that's going on off the field doesn't have an effect on players in the locker room, uh, it does. And all these players are affected differently. Josh Jacobs obviously has had a relationship with Henry Ruggs for a very long time, uh, going all the way back to Alabama. And you heard what he said about John Gruden. I love that guy. I love that dude. You know what I mean? Like, these players, they they were there fighting for for Gruden, you know? And they, they were there. They had Gruden's back. So, I mean, th- there's a lot going on. I'm not trying to make excuses, but you heard it right there from the player himself obviously it's weighing and it's pretty heavy on the team to the point where Henry Ruggs is trying to give him encouragement so he can go out there and ball out so that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast coming up in segment number two going to talk about keys to victory what I think that the Raiders need to do offensively and what I think they need to do defensively to come away six and four after taking on the Bengals at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday before we get to that though I want to tell you about a great app that you should have on your phone if you drive a car And if you drive a car, you got to get gas, right? So you got to get upside. Get upside right now. All listeners of the Lockdown Raiders podcast are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. All you got to do is download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents gallon cash back on your first tank. 
People that drive a lot, guess what? They're making a lot. Two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. And I mean any account, bank account, PayPal account, e-gift card account, Amazon, other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. The app is GetUpside, and you need to get it. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about keys to victory, what the Raiders are going to have to do on Sunday, in my opinion, to come away with the victory and improve to 6-4 and four overall and send the Cincinnati Bengals to their third straight loss. The game will be at Allegiant Stadium. Very excited about that. I'll be there bright and early doing Q's kickoff. It'll the pregame to the pregame. It'll start at 10 a.m. on the Coors Light Landing right behind the Al Davis torch. You cannot miss it. So if you're in the stadium, if you're at the game, definitely stop on by and say what's up. Uh, I'll be there from 10 to 11 a.m. Then I'll pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen. They'll take you all the way up to kickoff. And then bada boom, bada bing, it It'll be game time. So that's Sunday. But right now, I just want to talk about what I believe the Raiders need to do to come away with that victory. And I think last time I started defensively, I'm going to start offensively this time. And uh, really, I'm going to say Derek Carr, Derek Carr, and some more Derek Carr. The Raiders are going to need to ride the arm and the shoulders of Derek Carr. He's got to go ahead and sling it and make it happen. A lot of times I talk about the run game, get that thing involved. You heard me uh, talking about Josh Jacobs in his first segment, listening to his media session that he had on Thursday. And as much as I would like to see him get cooking, as much as I'd like to see Kenyon Drake go, the, the, the offensive line just isn't opening up holes and the running backs aren't hitting the holes anyway. It's just not coming to fruition. It's just not happening like I think it should happen. So let Derek Carr do Derek Carr type things. Let him go out there and sling the ball around the yard. If he's got to throw the ball 40 or 45 times, so be it. You know what I mean? And normally I would say that that is not the key to victory. That is a way that you're going to sure pretty much set yourself up for failure. But I just think that, you know what, it's going to have to be D.C. or bust. They're going to have to really go out on a limb and uh, let Derek Carr guide them to victory. And while Derek Carr is slinging the ball around the yard, he's got to get Darren Waller involved. I've mentioned this probably three or four, at least three or four games. Darren Waller has got to be Darren Waller. You've got to allow stars in the league to be stars in the league. Just, I mean, just as simple as that. And Darren Waller has not been that guy since, well, really the first game of the season. I mean, he leads the team in receiving yards with 494 yards, but it's just not a whole lot. 44 catches on 71 targets, 494 yards, and only two touchdowns. That's just not enough for your star. Again, 10 catches week one, five catches week two, five catches week three, four catches week four, Four catches week five, five in week six. Of course, week seven didn't play, seven in week nine, and then four last time, last week against the Chiefs. That's just not enough. 24 yards last week against the Chiefs, that was it. Four catches, 24 yards. And he hasn't had a touchdown since week four against the Chargers. That, I'm sorry, is not going to cut it. We've been talking about Darren Waller for a long time, how great he is. He's got to show how great he is. Sometimes you've just got to force feed him. I don't care what the coverages are. At some point, you've just got to make an effort and say, we're going to get this dude involved. He's the best player the Raiders have offensively. He's got to show up like the best player they have offensively. And then finally, offensively, eliminate pre-snap penalties. 
Those penalties drive me crazy. Anytime they have a third and one, third and two, third and three, and all of a sudden it turns into third and eight because of a false start by Leatherwood, a false start by Parker, a false start by Simpson, whoever the case is, you've got to eliminate those. Those are drive killers. I mean, it's so much different when you have third and one or fourth and one even. You bring in Marcus Mariota uh, to get in some burn, maybe on a fourth and one or a fourth and two play. You feel pretty good about the Mariota package, and then all of a sudden you have a pre-snap penalty. You've got to eliminate those sometimes defensively I can overlook those I can forgive those because I know these guys are just trying to make a play now that doesn't that doesn't count for the nose tackle like Solomon Thomas whose face and nose is right there on top of the ball he should never jump off sides but you know the edge rushers and Gakwe and Crosby I can see them jumping off sides every once in a while just because they're trying to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback but man on that offensive line those false starts you've just got to eliminate those give yourself a chance when you have have third and one and fourth and one take advantage of it don't shoot yourself in the foot that's all i got for you offensively Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr, get Waller involved early and often and eliminate those pre-snap penalties now let's flip things over on the defensive side of the ball because look Joe Burrow's coming to town. Jamar Chase is coming to town. Joe Mixon is coming to town. They have weapons on that Cincinnati Bengals offense. So what I'm looking for the Raiders to do defensively, don't give up that big play. Burrow to Chase, that's a lethal weapon. Don't end up on the wrong side of that. And the Raiders, for the most part this season, have done a really good job not giving up those explosive plays. Now, of course, it it jumped up and bit them on Sunday against the Chiefs, but that is the Chiefs. They had a coming out party, and they had a coming out party all over the, the Raiders. They've got to eliminate those big time plays and Burrow's going to be looking for Chase they're going to be looking for the deep ball they're going to look for that explosive play that they were really hitting on early in the season and really they've hit it throughout the course of the season Uh, it tapered off a little bit but they're coming off the bye week so I'm sure they're going to try to get right back to that deep ball and that big explosive play style of play and so Burrow to Chase got to pay attention got to be on your A game so you're going to need Casey Hayward to be on point Brandon Faison's going to have to be on point Trayvon Merrick this is a play a game that you have an opportunity to make some plays so he He's got to go out there and be on his A game, and he's done a really good job quietly at that free safety position so far in 2021, his rookie year. Uh, And I think that the Raiders need to be a lot more physical at the line of scrimmage. You know, that defensive line needs to step up and really bully the Bengals' offensive line. Their center is not 100%. He's coming off that ACL tear and he rehab, but he's just, you could tell he's just not himself. So I think that the Raiders have an opportunity to be real physical at the line of scrimmage, and that was something that they fell victim to on Sunday against the Chiefs. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs were just more physical at the line of scrimmage. They were beating up on the Raiders. You know, the Raiders were getting some kind of pressure and Gakwe and Crosby were getting pressure early and then later on that offensive line for the Chiefs really just took advantage and gave Patrick Mahomes all the time in the world and they were just the more physical team and it was really that simple and really on both sides of the ball they're the more physical team but uh, for the Raiders defensive line man they've really got to be more physical they've got to be able to get that pressure on the quarterback obviously with the front four hopefully they get sacks instead of just pressures but they also got to try to slow down the run game of Joe Mixon he is a hell of a running back he's going to try to get cooking and the Raiders rush defense has not been that great uh, really as of late I mean early in the season it was okay it was acceptable it wasn't great but it was acceptable but the last couple games you've seen it's been really bad you know it's 
Devontae Booker had a really good game for the Giants. And then uh, basically whoever wanted to run the ball for Kansas City on Sunday uh, had a really good day. So uh, the Raiders are going to have to try to slow down Joe Mixon because I'm sure Cincinnati has seen that, well, that run defense is not very good. It's pretty suspect. So Joe could have a big day. Got to watch out for that. And finally, I mentioned Trayvon Merrick early. Uh, he could be a guy. Denzel Perryman could be a guy. Uh, maybe Corey Littleton could be a guy. You've got to force a turnover. You've got to force Burrow into another turnover. He's turned the ball over a lot more this year than he has in his career. Uh, even going back to college, he really doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot, but he's been doing that. He's been forcing the ball. He's had some really bad throws. I feel like this is a game where at least one turnover has to be created by the Raiders' defense. Again, that could be Merrick. That could be Hayward. That could be Faison. That that could be somebody in the linebacking court. Maybe Ngakwe or Crosby can, can have a strip sack. Something got to create a turnover. I mean, two turnovers would be great, but I'm not trying to be greedy. So I'll, I'll roll with one and be happy with it. They've got to find a way to create a turnover, get the ball back to the offense with a short field, and then punch it in for six, not three. So defensively, don't give up the big play, man. Slow down Burrow to chase because they're going to try to connect early and they're going to try to connect often. Be more physical at the line of scrimmage. Defensive line's got to step up, get the pressure on Joe Burrow, and then slow down the rushing attack of Joe Mixon. And then force a turnover. I would like to, but just force a turnover. Get the ball back to the offense on a short field and let them get cooking. So uh, those are my keys right there, offensively and defensively. Will the Raiders execute that? Is that the way that they come away with the victory? Will they come away with the victory? Well, we won't find out until Sunday. 105 is the kickoff, Pacific Standard Time from Allegiant Stadium. Uh, very excited about the game. Very excited to be there, and hopefully they get back into the win column. That's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 that is the number before we get to it though i do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors including built bar which is the best tasting protein bar ever and the thing about it is well it doesn't really even taste like a protein bar matter of fact it doesn't taste like a protein bar at all it tastes like a candy bar and that's the beautiful thing about it i've been telling you about it for a very long time uh, most protein bars are chalky, they're waxy, they're hard to swallow, they, they sometimes you choke on them because they're so dry. Well, Built Bar is 100% opposite of that. It's soft, it's covered in real chocolate. When you bite into it, you know there's something special, right? Yeah, exactly that. Built Bars are low in carbs, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, high in protein, all the healthy benefits, but it also tastes great at the same time. Throughout the month of November, every three to four days, Built Bar is rolling out a limited time flavor, and they really have rolled out some limited time flavors like vanilla cream, coconut almond protein balls, peanut butter brownie protein balls. All those are available right now at a limited time basis. If you want them, check them out today, built.com. Make sure you use the promo code LOCK15. You'll save 15% off your order just like that. But the limited time flavors, vanilla cream, coconut almond, the protein balls, peanut butter brownie protein balls, all available right now at built.com. And make sure when you go to check out, use the promo code LOCKED15. I also wanted to tell you about betonline.ag. It's the number one spot for all things basketball, pro and college, all things football, pro and college, and they're your number one spot for all sports in general. Talking about NHL, boxing, UFC. I mean, they've got everything covered that you can imagine. You can all find it at betonline.ag. Head to the website on your mobile device or your laptop. You can sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that bonus. What that means is when you open up your account, 
your first deposit. If you put $1,000 in, if you use the promo code locked on, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So you get $500 on top of that to play with. It's that simple, but you got to use the promo code locked on. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Going to close things out with your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. That is the number. Up first, we got a text from Weston in Salt Lake. He said, what's up, Q? On the PFF podcast this week, PFF Sam suggested the Raiders should bench Abram for Ha Ha Clinton Dix. At first, I thought that was ridiculous, but then the more I thought about it, the more I wondered if that might be reasonable. Abram has been such a mixed bag this year and has been mostly bad in coverage. I wonder if you think that's something we might see Bradley try. Thanks for the show. That's from Weston in Salt Lake. And, well... I mean, I know that HaHa Clinton Dix has been up on the active roster on game days, but then they revert him back to the practice squad. I don't know. I mean, he has not been the guy that he was when he made a name for himself in the NFL when he was still a young dude. I mean, he's been released from multiple teams, and he's been sitting on the practice squad for the Silver and Black, and they haven't even been protecting him, you know? So I just don't really think that he has a whole lot left. Maybe they're just saying that will light a fire under Abram. I just think he's the best option right now. Now, again, you're right. He's been pretty bad when it comes to coverage, but that's just another part of, well, try not to get him caught up in coverage. Try to get him to do what he does best, which is be down by the line of scrimmage, be very physical, you know, be a a big-time player in that run game, in the run defense, and don't get caught up in coverage like he did. I mean, he was just embarrassed and exposed in a major way on Sunday. But then again, the rest of the Raiders were as well. So thank you so much, Weston, for that text. I guess to answer it the best way, I really don't know what the plan is uh, with HaHa Clinton Dix. I don't think he's the best option. So most likely you'll see Jonathan Abram out there early and you'll see him out there often. Uh, up next, we got a call from Raider X in the Inland Empire. He's calling to talk about Sunday's game and in particular what he wants to see from Raiders Bengals. And well, obviously the Raider side of thing. Here he is, Raider X in the Inland Empire. Yo Q, this is Raider X from the Inland Empire. Just calling about uh, this upcoming Sunday's game against Cincinnati. Hey, if you want to really wrap up this game up, I know it's not a must win, but it's definitely something that's got to be had. Not only for the Raiders, their organization, and Raider Nation, I think we need this big shot in the arm. All that, what really are we looking for to sit there and turn, turn the page, as we all like to say? I want to make it very simple, because we all talked about how we saw the invigoration or the rejuvenation after the post-Gruden era, that we saw a lot of you know, looseness, we saw a lot of guile from the Raiders. One word I really want to really want to hone in on is unpredictability. If I can see something from this Raiders roster, this Raiders team against Cincinnati, I want to see unpredictability, especially on offense. I want to see I want to see different types of plays. I want to see different types of formations. I want to see things that are not predictable for the average fan sitting in their rear on their couch. Come on, Raiders. I want to see you play like you really want to win, not just compete. Play like you want to win all day, every day. Raiders! There he goes, my guy, Raider X in the Inland Empire, and I like that, man. Unpredictability. 
That's what you want to see the most. The first two games post John Gruden, the Raiders won. And that's what you saw a lot of, right? Just very unpredictable play calling from Greg Olson. You saw some screen passes. You just saw some stuff, play action passes. You saw some stuff that you hadn't saw because John Gruden, in most people's opinion, including mine, uh, he, he went with the plays that he was very comfortable with. Now, the last couple of games, and in particular, the game on Sunday against Kansas City, Greg Olson has fallen into that same trap. I mean, there was nothing I thought that was very creative about the play calling I saw on Sunday against Kansas City. And so, uh, for all the praise that Greg Olson was getting, it only lasted a couple games. Defensive coordinators got an idea of what he likes to do, what his tendencies are, what he's comfortable with, and then they started taking that away, and, well, he's still trying to do it. So uh, that's the game. That's how it is. It's it's a chess match, not a checker match. You know what I mean? It's just, can they get creative? I'd love to see them get creative. And, you know, I'd like to see them get creative on special teams as well. You saw Kansas City pull out the fake punt against the Raiders, and they were already dominating the game at that point. They just decided, hey, you know what? We're going to put the hammer. We're going to put the, uh, the nail in the coffin. And that's exactly exactly what they did. I'd love to see the Raiders do something on special teams that's a little bit more creative. Maybe, you know, an onside kick. Maybe, uh, you know, a fake or something. I mean, who knows? Rich Versace is a special teams coach. He should be able to come up with something. Uh, unpredictability. I like that. Good one. Thank you so much for that. Uh, next up, got a text from North Logan Raider. He says, hey Q, North Logan Raider, just want to say I've been a Derek Carr fan, but after this game on Sunday, I really think it's time for him to go. Aside from that game, he just looked like the same old Raiders. I guess no playoff shot this year either. I'm so pissed. That's North Logan Raider right there talking about Sunday's game against Kansas City, and he's just ready to move on from Derek Carr. And I'll, I'll say this, man. Uh, Derek Carr is not the biggest issue with the team right now. As a matter of fact, Derek Carr is the reason why the team has five wins, in my opinion. Now, the defense has played well outside of the game on Sunday. They've played well, but, I mean, Derek Carr is the leader of this team. I don't think that it's time for him to go at all. Uh, if you have an opportunity, man, go read The Athletic. I don't know if you subscribe to The Athletic, but there's a really good piece that Mike Sando put out talking about quarterbacks and talking about the weapons that they have, particularly on defense and special teams and where they rank. And basically, Derek Carr, his whole career has ranked at the very bottom. And uh, the last time he ranked anywhere that was decent was 2016. That happened to be the last time they made the playoffs. Now, they can still turn things around quick, fast, and hurry because they still do have eight games, including this one on Sunday. But uh, he hasn't had a whole lot to mess with. I'm not trying to make excuses for him, but, you know, the proof was in the pudding. So if you get an opportunity, go read that piece by Mike Sando on The Athletic. I had him on my radio show to talk about it. It was some really good stuff, so check it out. But I don't think it's time for Derek Carr to go. Now, at the end of the season, when – Whoever knows how this season is going to get wrapped up, there will probably be a lot of tough decisions, and I'm sure uh, the future of Derek Carr will be one of them, but it's not, it's not that time to make that decision and that call right now. Thank you so much for your text. I do appreciate you. I uh, got a call from Quantum Raider. He's calling to address the big elephant in the room, which is the opposing fans in the stands and how tickets are getting into their hands. Here he is, Quantum Raider. Hey, Q, it's uh, Quantum Raider. Hey, I just want to address something that uh, kind of like an elephant in the room. I, I just want to make clear that I think that a lot of the season ticket holders, they're not Raiders fans. They, it could possibly just be people who buy it just to go to their one game of their team, and they're going to sell their tickets to everybody else. And uh, I just want to, I just want to say that that's a possibility, and if that's the case, the Raiders need to realize that they no longer are going to have the home field advantage unless it start being juggernauts. But the thing is, too, that we got to start having that mentality like the Chargers because we are going to start having fans from other teams coming to our home. And what we need to start doing is we want them to come to our home, but we want them to regret it. We want them to spend all that money and go home crying. But the Raiders need to know. 
that home field advantage might not be there for a while. So they need to address that by knowing that they need to step it up and make those fans go home crying because they keep coming and they keep out, out banning us. So, I mean, that's just my little two cents. I don't know what you feel about that, but we need to step it up. And uh, we need to play against our own crowd sometimes. And if that's the case, we send them home crying. That's it. Quantum Raider out. There he goes, Quantum Raider. Thank you for the call, my man. Definitely appreciate you. And, yeah, man, my message the whole time is Las Vegas is a destination location. Fans will save up their money and decide to head to Vegas to see their favorite team play and have a fun three, four-day getaway at the same time. And, yeah, there's fans that are season ticket holders that aren't Raider fans. There's no doubt about that. There's fans that have made season tickets of the Raiders an investment, and they're flipping them, and they're flipping them to anyone. But I'll say this, man. The Raiders, they need to make the home field advantage. They're the ones. I've been talking about this and pounding this home on the radio, pounding this message home on the uh, podcast. The Raiders have got to establish their home field advantage. They've got to do like the old school Raiders back in the day that on Monday Night Football, they were the most winningest franchise. You know what I mean? Like they were the ones that you knew, oh, they're playing on Monday Night Football. That's a dub. You know what I mean? Like, you just knew that. They've got to establish that where if they're going to Allegiant Stadium, if their game's being played there, you already know the Raiders are winning that game. That'll start to discourage fans from spending all that money heading to Vegas. Even though they want to go to Vegas, if they think that, hey, man, there's a really good chance that this team's not going to win the game, they are probably not going to go as much. Will they go a little bit? Yeah, sure. But if they feel like that, oh, there's no chance. That's just that's just a death spot. Like like Seattle used to be. Remember when they everyone played in Seattle? It's like, oh, that's a, that's a dub. Seattle don't lose at home. That's just what it is. And I know that Seattle is not Las Vegas, so there's still going to be fans there. But if the Raiders go out there and handle their business on the field, then you'll see less and less fans of the other teams there. But for right now, it's brand new. Fans are going to come. And it's not even necessarily fans of just the opposite team because when I'm there, I'll see like Sunday night against Kansas City. I saw Bears jerseys there. I saw Cowboys jerseys there. I saw 49ers jerseys there. I mean, if you're a football fan and you're in the city and, oh, by the way, the Raiders are playing, you'll just go ahead and put your jersey on and go. That's just what they do. And it's it's going to be like that. Uh, I've said it many times on the podcast. The Raiders have got to create their home field advantage by winning, by winning, and winning some more. Simple as that. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Final text of the show today comes from Raider Hondo 530. He says, hey Q, still loving the podcast, although it's been tough and disappointing dealing with the last two losses. If there are two guys that can get us to a win, it's Carr and Waller. Seeing maximum focus and effort mentally and physically on the field this Sunday is what we need to see. It's maddening to see any opposing team's fans in the stadium, but clearly there's nothing that can be done. Like the Dolphins, the Raiders can't get the locals into the stadium to spend money and go crazy for the home team. It doesn't matter if the team is good or bad. The visiting team fans are there in force. It sucks. We're not in Oakland anymore. And please pump the brakes on calling Waller a superstar. I understand he's all we got to talk about, and he is a superstar of a human being, but it sounds funny. He's had a few good games. The other great tight ends in the league have gone to Super Bowls. This team needs a win. Raiders. Raider Hondo in the 5-3-0. And let me address the Waller situation. Waller is a superstar in the league. There's no doubt about that. We've been talking about the fact that he's a top three tight end for how long now? How long? We've been talking about him being a top three tight end for a very long time. And I know as of late, he hasn't been a superstar. But Darren Waller is absolutely a superstar player. And you know how you know that he's a superstar? Because every team in the league knows where 83 is at all time. Every team in the league 
plays the Raiders and says, we have to prepare for 83. We have to prepare for a heavy dose of 83. That's how you know. Similar to Khalil Mack, when he was on the Raiders defense and everyone had to prepare for 52, they didn't want him to wreck the game. Well, opposing defenses don't want 83 to wreck the game. And the Raiders haven't forced the issue. That's why I said in segment number two, you need to see a healthy dose of Derek Carr and Darren Waller, similar to what you just said. You said that in your text. There's two guys that can get us a win. It's Carr and Waller. Yes, Waller's got to be that superstar that he is. He's capable of being. He just hasn't been for a while this season. This season has been a down season for him, and that's unfortunate. But he absolutely is a superstar in this league. As far as the visiting fans, I do believe that winning for the Raiders will will change things, but they've got to win and be more consistent. Uh, their first year in Allegiant Stadium, I know there was no fans. They were 2-6. and six. This year so far in Allegiant Stadium, they're what, 2-2? Two and two? They beat the Baltimore Ravens. They beat the Dolphins. Oh, no, they're 3-2, and two, and they beat the Eagles. So they're 3-2 and two so far. They lost to the Bears, and they got the brakes beat off them by the Kansas City Chiefs. What will they end up this week after playing the Cincinnati Bengals? They have nine home games this year, so they have more home games than they have away games. They've got to establish home field as an advantage by winning consistently on the field. They're not doing that yet. If they do that consistently, that will slow down other fan bases from coming. Now, again, it's a brand new stadium, so fan bases are going to want to see it, but at a certain point, it's not going to be, oh, I got to go to the stadium. I got to go check out the stadium. I got to go to Vegas. It's not going to be that way. It's just brand new right now, and, well, the Raiders haven't established themselves as the winning team at home every time, so there's that. As far as we're not in Oakland anymore, you're right. The Raiders aren't in Oakland anymore. It's now Las Vegas, but fans weren't, you know, not going to the game. They just weren't going as much as they're going to Vegas because fans rather go to Las Vegas to spend a weekend than go to Oakland and spend a weekend. I mean, that's just the reality of it. But make no mistake about it. There were fans of the opposite teams going to the Oakland Coliseum. There was a lot. It wasn't, and I've said this before on this show, it wasn't the old school Coliseum where there was no fans of the other team. They weren't there showing their colors. They were under cover. It's not like that anymore. Hell, I was at that Jaguars game that closed out the Coliseum. There was plenty of Jaguar fans there. And that was the Jaguars. And there was plenty of fans there. So let's not get caught up in old tradition at the Oakland Coliseum where, you know, it was like, oh, my gosh, you're not going into that place with an opposing jersey on. It's not like it wasn't like that when it closed out. It wasn't like that for quite a while. So let's we always get caught up in old, 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 old. Let's realize that was not the situation at all. I mean, again, it wasn't as many as you're seeing in Vegas because Vegas is somewhere that a lot of fans are going to want to go and hang out. I mean, it's just simple as that. But again, I feel like it's up to the Raiders to establish who they are at home and that they're going to win consistently at home. It'll slow the fans down from showing up, in my opinion. So that's all I got for you for today. That's all I got for you for the week. Uh, We'll be back at it on Monday, of course, talking about what happened at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday between Cincinnati and the Raiders. Hopefully the Raiders come away with the victory, snap their two-game losing streak. Either way you go, we'll be back here talking about it on the Lockdown Raiders podcast on Monday. Real quick before I wrap up, if you're looking for something to read over the course of the weekend, maybe later on today or whatever, a lot of folks always ask me about my history on how I got where I got and how I started doing everything and just kind of my backstory. Well, uh, Barrett Sports Media put out a, a really cool story on me on Thursday, and this is not me bragging, but I just think it's a cool little story, and you might be interested in reading it. If you go check out BarrettSportsMedia.com, and then the story is called Q Myers Part of Something. If you want to check that out, uh, read it. I think it's a pretty good, interesting read and uh, kind of tells the story of my journey, how I've gone through radio and got into sports radio, podcasts, all that good stuff. It's a pretty lengthy little story, but it's a good little story. So check it out if you get a chance 
GarrettSportsMedia.com. Q Myers Part of Something is the name of it. So uh, we'll be back on Monday, Raider Nation, talking about a win or a loss. Either way, you know we'll be doing it. Uh, have a great weekend. If you're in Vegas, come by the Rockstar. It's a nice little bar and grill on Las Vegas Boulevard across from Town Square. You really can't miss us. Uh, come out there. We'll be there starting at 5 o'clock. A lot of Raider Nation will go and hang out there. I know Lucille's having her birthday party there as well Saturday night, so definitely come on by and say what's up if you're in town for the game or if you live locally, uh, come on by and say what's up. And, uh, yeah, have a great weekend. In the meantime, in between time, we'll be back on Monday. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. And as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.